golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We will fall to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love it late. I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, and we are talking another big victory for Brendan Todd. Yes, uh, he was able to outlast three other players coming down the stretch in the rain-delayed Monday finish at the Mayacoba in Mexico, and this is just an incredible, incredible comeback story. Back-to-back victories after winning at the Bermuda Championship. Brendan Todd going from zero to hero. He was not even in the top 2,000 in the world and now sits on top as the number one player in the FedEx Cup rankings in the wraparound season. We're going to waste no time on our 30 minute show tonight and go straight to our favorite golf insider from ESPN.com, Bob Herrig, to get his thoughts on this big win from Brendan Todd. Hey, Bob. Hello, Holly. How are you? We talked about him last week about how this guy battled the full swing yips, if anybody can imagine. It's it's one of those things you really don't even want to talk about, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, last win was in 2014 at the Byron Nelson, and then apparently, and this is always a, scr- a head scratcher to me, Bob. You know, he went and changed his swing, trying to get a higher launch angle, and then developed this huge, big miss to the right. What happened? Yeah, yeah it's amazing, isn't it? How many times do we talk about, you know, why not stick with what got you there? Um and, but so many times guys feel this need to, um, you know, live up to what they've accomplished and that they have to change things to get better. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's something to that for some people, but you often hear these kinds of stories where they really regress. And then they end up, you know, going back to something they were doing before and they wasted a lot of time. But, you know, I, I was listening to, um, you know, Hank Haney's, um, podcast, and he likened Hank Haney himself had the driver yips. Wow! Um, and um, you know he likened Todd's resurgence. He, he said it's very. He said in my mind it's very close to what Tiger did coming back from 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 the back injury. He goes, it's close. It's 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 right there. Now he's, I, you know myself, I'm not sure I would go that far, but but I think the point is well taken in that. Recovering from something like that is very, very difficult. 
And, you know, because it's just, it's haunting. Um, you know, Ian Baker Finch went through that, never really recovered. That's right. You know, and, and you hear stories about how, you know, even to this day, he can go out and play around the golf and, and look flawless. But when he would go inside the ropes in a tournament, that overriding fear of, of what occurred, you know, standing over a, uh, over a tee shot with a driver and where that ball might go consumed him. You know, and um, and so for for Brendan Todd to overcome that and win twice, incredible. You know, you know, it's um, it's 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 a great story. I don't know which comeback of the year, you know, award you have in the golf writers, but uh, he he's some he's got to be somewhere in there because to to overcome that, just the mental side of it, we know we you know we tell tell these stories over and over, but something like that. And to still have that belief in yourself. And, you know, he's got three kids and, you know, was looking at what am I going to do next? And apparently his wife gave an interview and said they were looking at, you know, getting into the pizza business or something. You know, it's yeah. remarkable. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's great. Good for him. And it is, it is just sort of another, you know, reminder that, that pro golf isn't just the top tier. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys fighting for their livelihoods out there, and uh, you know, uh, it, it's an expensive sport to play, to travel. Um, you know, I I don't think people necessarily should feel sorry for them, but yet it is hard. You know, um, there's there's not a steady paycheck. Uh, uh, you don't a get lot of written those... a big endorsement check for the most right. part. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe they're getting free equipment. Maybe they're getting some Monday outings where they're getting a couple of thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, which sounds great to you or me. But of course, they've got expenses for the week. They got to pay their caddy, you know. And if you're just kind of breaking even, well, then obviously you're not paying your bills at home. So uh, uh, it's um, uh, you know, it, it can be a tough life out there uh, for, for some of those guys. And, you know, we, we always focus on the elite. But uh, there's also that segment that, uh, just like him, you know, kind of kind of persevered there through some tough times. And that's what I love. I love about this wraparound season. We are now uh, into the 11th event and sort of the end of the season, if you will, until we wrap around to January. But we get to tell these, uh, you know, these great stories and and get to focus on some of these guys. And as we've talked about, and even some of the, you know, major players are saying how important, you know, getting those FedEx points are. And look at the jump he's getting on this uh, season, you know, going into next year. Exactly. You know, this is the first time we've had this many events in the fall, you know, since the previous season ended in August. Now there was room to, to put more events in the fall. And you know, while I know we've talked about this and, you know, there's, there's debate about whether there should be an off season of some kind or a longer one. Um, there are now 11 events, as you said, actually 10 weeks of tournaments, 11 events. And it's basically, one-fourth of the season is, is going to be over after this week. It's crazy. You know, there's, there's roughly 44 tournaments and, uh, you know, in playoffs and everything. One-fourth is over. By the time we get to the Masters, half the season will be over. You know, so, so to have gotten this far up in the points, I mean, you know, he's, he's almost assured himself of, of qualifying for the Tour Championship. You know, I mean, that's, that's how big this has been for him. 
And, and you know, getting to the Tour Championship, uh, if he can get there, assures him of being in all the 2000, or, or at least three of the 2021 majors. You know, he's uh, by winning this past week, he's in the Masters, he'll be in the PGA. Uh, you know, he's likely to qualify for some other tournaments. From, but now, you know, he's put himself a leg, a leg up on, on the future. And, 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 you know, for guys who don't win a lot or who don't contend a lot or, or, or who might miss some cuts, I mean, earlier this year, just not that long ago, I think Brendan Todd missed the first four cuts of the fall. Right. You know, so here he is. He just turned it around. You know, he's, it's, not, it's not a given that, that he's going to be up there every single week. And he's just given himself a huge boost. And, and it kind of does show how important it is to play a little bit in the fall uh, because you're going to start out now in January for some of these guys and be way behind. Well, big breaking news uh, as we look towards the President's Cup in, another, in what, three weeks now, I guess. Uh, Tiger Woods making his pick because Brooks Kepka is out and Ricky Fowler's in. Your thoughts on that pick? Yeah, you know, I... I think Tiger sort of hinted at that when he made his picks a couple of weeks ago and he said that Ricky was the toughest call to make. I think it's sort of set up for Ricky to be the fill-in in case Brooks couldn't go. And, you know, we were all sort of getting the indication that Brooks was not going to be able to play. Um, they've not said a whole lot, but um, from what I understand, you know, when he slipped on that pass in, in South Korea, you know, he hurt himself pretty good. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I, I think something that's in all of this is, you know, how bad is it? I mean, like, how long is he going to be out? They've not really disclosed. They've, the questions have been asked, and they've not given the answers. Well, you know, is there another surgery possible? Or actually never had surgery. He did the stem cell. Right. But, but is surgery possible? I mean, could this be a couple of months that he's out? Uh, you know, uh, the, the the South Korea event is is five weeks ago now, and and here he is, and still with as you said, three weeks to go to the Presidents Cup, but yet he feels that he won't be ready in three weeks. Yeah, because Tiger so could have waited to the December seventh, right, to make the pick if he left he it could, right to the. He, he could have actually waited until the Wednesday. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so, but I'm, my guess is, is you know, given with the travel and everything, if you know a guy's not going to play, I think. I think Tiger wanted an answer before they went there, which is fair. Uh, but, I mean, you know, Brooks had, at least through, through next week, to maybe test it, see what was going on. He's, the fact that he's, that he's not going to do that suggests he knows he's going to be out for a while. Is Kapalua out now? Uh, you know, the, where, where does he, you know, where does that sit? And as for Ricky, you know, um, it was the safe choice. It was the easy choice. Ricky's played on a bunch of teams. He gets along with everybody. He loves he the moment. Partner. Yeah, he could be a partner for anyone. I mean, in, in terms of, like, who's more deserving, you know, I think you could maybe argue. I mean, I, I, always, I often go back to only the players who make the team on points are deserving. Nobody deserves it after that. But you could make the argument that Kevin Na or Kevin Kisner, you know, might have been better choices based on recent form. Ricky hasn't played since the Tour Championship. He got... He got a virus, a bacterial infection on his honeymoon and skipped Mayakova because of it. He's only going to play the hero. Dustin Johnson's only going to play the hero. Hasn't played since the Tour Championship. I mean, all of a sudden, it's kind of funny. I mean, the U.S. are going to be huge favorites anyway. 
but you can sort of build a scenario where they're not quite as much of a lock as we think. You've got two of the, you know, you've got Brooks out, you've got DJ hasn't played, you've got Ricky hasn't played, you've got Bryson DeChambeau said the last time he played in Vegas, which is going to be like six weeks, that he was going on this fitness regimen to put on 20 to 25 pounds and bulk up. Well, now how's his golf game going to be when he comes back? Right. You know, so you've kind of got three guys there who are a little spotty. You know, you don't quite know where, and you know, the, the, you know, Ernie Els picked guys who are in form pretty much for his captain's picks. So uh, again, I'm not, I don't want to overdo it here and over dramatize it, but, um, you know, it does make it a little bit more interesting right now with, with the state of the U.S. team, a lot of the guys, the layoff, and now all 12 guys are going to have made that trip from the Bahamas to Australia and deal with that jet lag. Going to be interesting for sure. Um, one last question before we let you go, because the last, uh, if you will, the last uh, official tournament before we wrap around is at Sea Island, just up the road from us. Bob, and um, some, you know, some good players in the field. We've got uh, Zach Johnson and, uh, of course, Brendan Todd's going to be playing. Uh, Matt Kuchar, Kevin Kisner, Billy Horschel, who's been, you know, on a roll here. Not a, not a bad field. Who do you think uh, we should be watching? You're right. You know, we almost to, the, to, to, a, to maybe the, the Houston event, was, was the one lacking, but almost every tournament has had a really good field with like names like you're mentioning. A lot of these guys are playing. Webb Simpson. Um, I forgot Webb. Right. And I actually kind of like Webb. You know, Webb's been playing decently. Um, I kind of like him this week. Um, you know, it's funny. None of the Sea Island guys have ever won there. Right. Uh, and um, Harris English. Know, He's a homie. Right, and he's coming off a good tournament. So is Kucher. Kucher played pretty well at Mayakoba. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I sort of like maybe one of those guys. I mean, you would think the home course thing would matter some, and, and having some form also matters. Uh, and also, I think, you know, if you can get it going, you know, look, I'm going to get a nice little break after this. And, uh, you know, it, it gives you some incentive to maybe push a little harder. Well, it's a great golf course. Sea Island's, uh, you know, beautiful. And I think it's going to be another uh, great tournament to to watch. And our last one before we uh, turn the page after Turkey Day and the Hero Championship and then the President's Cup. So, Bob, we got a couple more weeks to go here. We want to wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Same to you. Thank you so much. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house. Holly G. Wrapping up a half hour of Intelligent Golf Talk. And we've got big, big, big event just happening down the road at Tiburon in beautiful Naples. The race to the CME Globe is the season-long points competition for the LPGA Tour with the season-ending CME Championship. It is the LPGA's 
uh, version of the FedEx Cup, if you will. And this is where it all ends for the LPGA for the 2019 season. And we're going to go to our favorite golf insider when it comes to covering women's golf, Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post. Hello, Steve. How are you, Holly? And I might add, congratulations on your new post at the LPGA Tour. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm so looking forward to, to hopefully uh, moving moving the uh, the digital communications in a good direction there. Absolutely. Well, this is this is big. This tournament, Steve. That's all I can say. Big, especially when you start with the purse and the big winners check, the largest in women's golf. One point five million dollars. This is exciting. It means so much to them. You know, and and I don't know if it is so much about the money itself, uh, but the principle of the money. Being respected. I mean, when you're when you're a professional athlete, there's really uh only only two things that um uh that you can play for, prestige and money. And the respect that you are shown is shown in the size of the purses that you play for. And to have a winner's check of 1.5 million dollars is it really shows the elevation of the women's game, not just in, uh, among those of us who cover it, but among the outsiders, people who are, are starting to pay attention. Businesses are starting to realize, hey, there's a product here that's really worth investing in. And, and you know, it's about time. And I think the women really do appreciate it. Yeah, and hand-in-hand uh, hand with that was the news that uh, Mike Wan, the commissioner, uh, who has uh, celebrated, it's hard to believe, 10 years now at the Tour, and has been so key to the growth and the expansion and really kind of the whole uh, shift in the LPGA brand, if you will. Uh, they've just extended his contract, I guess somewhat indefinitely, but the man has done a phenomenal job, especially given when he took over in you know horrible economic times back in 2010. Look, I got to tell you, I, I think few people remember uh, just how bad it was. Um, 25 hours of live coverage of women's golf when Mike Wan took over 10 years ago. 25 hours. We might do 25 hours in the next week. Right. Uh, we certainly, we'll do it. We'll certainly, we'll do it uh, in the first two weeks in January in the first two events. Um, 500 total hours of, of, of televised coverage. Um, engagements in in countries all over the world now. It's you know, it is a global tour unlike any other. I know that's a slogan, and I know it's something that the LPGA likes to promote, but it is true. Uh, there is no other sporting league that has the global presence that the LPGA has, and it is organic. It's happened naturally. It's not something that's been forced. Very true. So we have Lexi Thompson defending her championship. Uh, ex- explain to our listeners how the format has changed, because... You know, in the past, yeah. just like the, the FedEx Cup, they were really competing for, you know, the, the, the bonus money and the tournament. But that's changed. Right. It, it, was, it, it was very similar uh, to the FedEx Cup in years past where uh, the winner, uh, you could have two winners. You could have the, the uh, FedEx Cup winner and the winner of the Tour Championship. Well, that was changed this year. I mean, if you won one, you won the other. Um, and the same is true now uh, for, the, for the CME Globe. All 60 players who are teeing off this week have a chance to win the entire shoot match, the entire 1.5 million. And and you know, look, it's made it. 
If you're 59th on the list, you are thrilled. If you're first on the list, as Jen Young Co is, you might not be so thrilled. But I have to say, it, it, everyone that I have talked to is excited about this new format. It, they, they think that it, um, playing yourself into the field is reward. Exactly. Uh, winning the thing is the bonus, and that's, that's kind of the way they're all looking at it. Yeah, I, I love it because in the past, you know, just like we used to do with the FedEx Cup, you know, I think, number one, it was confusing for people to follow. And, you know, in some cases, you know, you might have six, seven players that, you know, were really, you know, viable in terms of mm-hmm. taking the whole, you know, shooting match, if you will. But sure. now I think this is this is very, very exciting. I agree with you. I agree. I, I, I think that, look, when you've got Stacey Lewis who hasn't played since before the Solheim Cup, and she's coming back at number 60 specifically to play in this because of the prize money that's at stake. I mean, what, what a great story. And, you know, and, and particularly if she plays well, to, to come back after having a broken rib and not, you know, she's been hitting balls a week, uh, and to come back and, and be able to compete at this level, I, I think it's just it's some exciting stuff. Well, we got to know a little bit better up front and personal uh, during the Solheim Cup, the Corda sisters. Nellie Corda, uh, a, a little bit more of a shining star at the moment, finished uh, fifth coming into the race to the CME. She's had three wins in the past 13 months. Um, obviously, the American for us to keep our eyes on, but who else should we be looking at? Well, uh, you're right about Nellie, and I must say she is Judy Rankin's favorite player out here. I mean, I know Judy like, doesn't like to have favorites, but if there's one that she continues to speak highly of, it is Nellie Corder. She just believes she has the she has the skill set and the fortitude to to really become a dominant uh, great player out here. So definitely keep your eye on her. Uh, Junior on Elite Six, our U.S. Women's Open champion, another player to please keep your eye on. She's Rookie of the Year this year. Uh, went through a stretch in the midsummer where she struggled a little bit, but has really gotten her game back now. Um, rested, ready to go. I think she's a player to watch. Brooke Henderson, uh, who also rested, ready to go. The Canadian. Make, uh, make a charge. Yes, absolutely. Um, really wants to win this. Um, she has she has not historically played well in this event and wants to turn that around. So the, just a lot of great names on this on the, in this field that you, everybody's going to need to watch. All right. Well, it's so exciting. It's right down the road in Naples. If you want to go see some of the best players in women's golf and watch this incredibly exciting event, the race to the CME concludes this weekend in Naples at Timuron Golf Club. Real quick, Steve, who's your pick? Uh, it's going to be tough to pick against uh, Jin Young Ko. She's played well all year. I love it. Well, I'm going to go for the American. I'm going to root for Lexi Thompson to have a back-to-back, being that, you know, she's a uh, a Florida native. So we hope uh, we hope that it's a fantastic finish on Sunday. And as always, Steve Eubanks, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks so much, my friend. The Golf Insiders will be back next. Whoa, no, Turkey Day. But we'll be back two weeks from now, Wednesday night, 630. We love you. Bye-bye.